Hey, everybody, this is Damian Lupo, and I am here tonight with a very good friend of mine, Dan Hellman, who lives out in Arizona. And I've actually known Dan since the late 90s. He was a guy who was one of the very early advisors or mentors in the real estate world, and we bumped into each other and stayed in touch all these years. And I was honored to have him agree to do a, an interview so we could talk about his background and give you guys some ideas and his perspective on his world of, of real estate and mentoring and, and just to give you a, a background, a little bit of a background on Dan and he can dig into this a little bit more, but he's been doing what he does in real estate in so many different ways, investing and building for nearly four decades and is has touched on things we would never even think of. So his depth of knowledge and wisdom is pretty extensive, kind of the ultimate mentor. And I knew him when he was he was a pup, and I was in the field position, basically. So we go way back, and I am super happy that he's on the call. So, Dan, welcome to the interview. Hello, Damon. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you are, and, I'm, and I would just I want to see if there's anything that I – I mean, that your background over the last four decades is massive, so that was a super nutshell. Did I miss – what are some big things in terms of real estate or just your background that are important for people to know about you that, that I really didn't dig into? Well, that's very flattering, and I thank you for that, but four decades just means that I'm pretty old, that's all. <laughs> been in the real estate business, like you said, for a long time. Started out as a construction worker, went and got a real estate license, and was in the no-home industry for quite some time. That led to working in land acquisitions for subdivision properties, and that was followed by a career when I branched out on my own as a land developer and a home builder. So one thing led to another, and before you knew it, I had a very large and successful land development home building company here in Arizona, and we built all over the state for the better part of three decades and was building subdivisions and new homes and was a manufactured home dealer at one point in time and, and also built everything from commercial TIs to high-rises, mini-storage, parking garages, and miles and miles of infrastructure. So uh, over the years, I've, I've built quite a bit and had a uh, storied career, and I'm happy to spend my time teaching people how to do that themselves now. So you've definitely evolved from a place of just making money and building to teaching, which uh, it seems like a lot of people end up doing. But from your perspective, why did that matter? Why are you doing that work instead of continuing? Because you've had thousands of building lots. You've built over 500 houses, you've done all this stuff, you could go do that again, but there seems to be something that really matters about teaching. Why is that so important to you? Well, there's a lot of gratification for it for myself. I kind of fell into uh, teaching and mentoring people and coaching people around the country. One of the so-called gurus, as they are, that are out doing those seminars was looking for somebody who could go out and teach the classes to their students for people that were just getting into real estate and getting into the development world, some of which was in the fix and flip world most recently. And I found that when I was teaching students that had a thirst for knowledge that I found a lot of gratification in helping other people realize their dreams. And um, I quickly fell in love with the industry and fell in love with mentoring people and uh, helping them start their careers in real estate. I get that. I totally understand that. And it was guys like you that helped when I was starting out with you know, leveraging off of your, your wisdom and things. And I remember getting my ass handed to me 
when I thought I knew everything and I'd go out there and stumble and trip and fall and lose lots of money. And so maybe share some of your experience with talking with people and teaching people and the value that that brings to someone from your students and even if you had mentors when you were starting out, but especially as a mentor, what that's meant to people by having you in their life instead of them just being on their own running solo. Well, I started out with a mentor. I happened to have a family member that was in the home building industry. And when I was a very young man and I was working construction, he saw how hard I was working and he said, there's an easier way. And he actually encouraged me and invited me to go out and get a real estate license initially and go to work for his home building company, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me professionally. I learned probably more in the first two years of shadowing him in the industry than most people could learn in a 10-year career or more because I was with the owner of the company and I was following along in his footsteps and helping him acquire property and structure acquisitions and learning a lot about the political side of the development world by attending city council meetings and board of supervisor meetings on the approval of subdivision properties and working with him throughout the entitlement engineering and development of those projects so that when I went off onto my own, I had a great deal of knowledge that most people just don't have. If it weren't for having him as a mentor, I probably never would have got the jump start in the industry that I had. And as I've gone through my career, I've tried to reach out to others and acknowledge others as, in fact, like when we met, you were, I think, 21 years old and you had a thirst for knowledge, and you weren't shy about asking me to teach you anything that I could, which I was happy to do then and still happy to do today. But like I said, there's a lot of satisfaction in teaching others and watching them succeed, as I'm sure any educator out there will tell you, whether they're teaching elementary school or they're a college professor or they're a mentor in the real estate business. If you don't have a desire to help people succeed on their own, then being a mentor isn't for you, that's for sure. Yeah, I can attest to that, too. Your time when you had your mentor, your original one, where you had that massive infusion of wisdom and knowledge, how long were you in that space? How long were you working or had that relationship where you were inside? You said, how long was that? Well, it was in the mid-80s when I went into the real estate business. In fact, I think it was 1986 when I first got licensed. And I had a good solid two or three years mentoring under this family member in the business. And unfortunately, as anybody that's been in the business a long time remembers, we had the RTC crisis in the late 80s and early 90s. And I was unfortunate enough to be able to witness the downfall and the demise of his company. When the RTC crisis hit, many people had their real estate businesses, their home building businesses, their development businesses, they all went under. And his was no exception. It took him down financially. It took him down mentally. He went from being a multimillionaire to being flat broke, and it's a long, sad story as to his demise, but it was probably a five-year cycle from the time that I watched him build his company to multimillionaire status until the demise of his company and where he lost everything. So at the time, I was in my late 20s when I was witnessing this. So like I said, I got to see the good, the bad, and the ugly of the business, I got to see the rise and fall of someone who was very close to me and a very strong mentor to me. And I was able to put those victories and those losses in my memory bank and learn from them so that I could apply them in my own career. So when you were inside of that, when you first 
approached him for that opportunity, did you walk in and say, I'm Dan and I want $100,000 a year, or did you ask for his time, or how did you approach it? Actually, I didn't approach it. I was fortunate enough to where he cared enough about me to approach me. I was working okay. in the construction trades. I did a three-year apprenticeship, became a journeyman in the construction trades. Back in those days, talented construction workers could make a good living, but they certainly could not make a fortune. He saw how hard I was working and decided that my life would be better spent applying that kind of work ethic to the real estate industry. And he actually approached me at a family reunion and suggested and invited me to go out and get a real estate license and come to work and shadow him on a daily basis. This is a relative that I had a very close relationship with. It's somebody that I grew up with. Although he was about 10 years older than I, we were very close over the years. And I was fortunate enough that he reached out and thought enough about me to get me engaged in the industry. And I'm still greatly appreciative of that to this very day. Was the invitation based on any type of get rich quick or was this building a foundation proposal type? Was it a proposal to learn and build what you needed to build intellectually and fundamentally so you could move forward? What was your expectation when you went into it? No, he was anything but a get rich quick kind of guy. He was a guy that came from nothing and built everything on his own. He did it with a strong work ethic and he was a very intelligent individual as well. Get Rich Quick was never in his vocabulary. Everything he built, he built from hard work. And from the minute that I went to work for him, hard work was certainly in demand. There was nothing handed to me other than the opportunity. It was a serious job, and it was hard work, and it was very gratifying. Much of the work that I was doing at the time was very mundane, which I would learn to find in later years is called due diligence. It was researching land parcels and zoning maps and general plans for communities and going out and finding all the due diligence information about properties and development areas and competition and home builders and product lines and lot sizes and things that, like I said, seem like very mundane work. But over the years, I learned that they were the basis for becoming a successful land developer. And it was the due diligence side of the work that I was doing for him at that time. So that when I went off on my own and became a land developer myself, I understood what it meant to get in the trenches and do the due diligence to determine whether or not projects could or would be successful. So that sounds like a healthy progression from not really any knowledge to a place where you could make intelligent decisions based on leveraging somebody else's experience and their teaching. It makes me laugh when I think about some of the people I've worked with or known in the last few years that are watching this bull market that we're in in a lot of places, especially in California. And there's one gal in particular I remember telling me she was going to take out a loan on her house. She had no debt on it. She was going to take out about a half a million bucks, and she just had a settlement. So there was like another million dollars, and she was going to go develop something. And I said, you're going to develop something else? And she said, no, this is my first development. She never had so much as a rental property, and this was her first foray into real estate. And she thought because everybody was making money that she needed to get into this thing. And as long as she brought a million and a half dollars, she would make money. That's one of the reasons I was asking about the get rich quick thing. And it seems like people are really anxious. They want to do it quickly. They don't really want to work. They want the profit and they have no idea about reality. But the pitches out there seem to be focused on making tons of money, no risk, it's easy, and you really don't have to work very hard. But that's just not true, right? 
I don't think you could be more right. And I'm sure your friend is a, a really nice person with a million and a half dollars, but one quick way to lose a million and a half dollars is to jump into the development world without any education or track record or background or experience in the industry. You can quickly lose your money, if not quicker overnight. I would advise her to go out and get some experience and get some education in the industry before she ever thinks about putting her money at risk because um, that money could go away very quickly. Well, and the truth is you don't know what you don't know, and that's definitely one of the reasons that mentors are so valuable that they can see through. It's almost like having Nostradamus on the team. You've got this ability to have someone seeing way into the future past what you can see and have x-ray vision on deals and knowing the questions to ask because you don't know. And you were around in the 80s with this meltdown. You saw a lot of stuff, and so you had this deeper experience and like a carnal knowledge about stuff. And so when the 2008 meltdown happened and everything went sideways, your experience of that and my experience were very different because I had made a huge mistake, which was signing on all these different projects. And so I got to go down with the ship and that was partly based on the lack of experience. And that was my first crash. So it can cost millions of dollars to be making this stuff up on your own compared to what it costs for a mentor if you aren't interning. Or like in your case, I guess there's a couple of options. You did this with somebody where you were working there, you were apprenticing, so to speak. But nowadays, there are tons of options to have people that have been out there and done it. There's also a lot of options for people to pay for a mentor that has studied it. So what's the difference between somebody, in your opinion, who is teaching based on what they've studied and someone who's teaching based on what they've done? Well, mine was kind of a unique situation, and it was so long ago that it was prior to the days of having the gurus out there and the fix-and-flip mentors and the three-day seminars and boot camps and ongoing coaching and mentoring that's available to the consumer today in many different avenues. Back then, that wasn't even an option. The only way you could really even learn the industry was go to work for somebody and follow their lead and basically put your head down and do what you were told and go out and do your job. And at some point in time, all of a sudden you get the aha because you have been around and involved in the industry long enough to where you've seen how it all works and how all the pieces are put together. I was fortunate enough to be able to do that and experience it myself. And then as I went into the industry on my own, coincidentally is when I met you and you were 21 and started mentoring under me in the industry as well. And when it comes to finance, I learned a long time ago from the failure of others that I talked about earlier that uh, signing personally on notes is a very dangerous game. And fortunately, I was able to build a career utilizing non-recourse money to build subdivisions and houses. And I've never looked back. I've never regretted it. There's a lot of talk out there about how the interest rates are too high and they're unfair and the bottom line is my perspective has always been that if a deal isn't good enough to pay the interest to your investors, then it's not a deal that's good enough to do and you should just bypass it and move on because there's always another deal. And it's heartbreaking to see someone like you or others that I've known that when the crash has hit, they have experienced financial loss because of personal guarantees on bank loans. But it happens, and it's a live-and-learn proposition, and I'm sure if you had it to do over again or when you have it to do over again in the future, that you'll look at it differently as well. No doubt. It's something that 
when it comes up, and it did come up after that meltdown when I was in the middle of working on a restaurant that I was building, and and there was a suggestion that I personally sign on the landlord's TI money and the project, and I it wasn't a question of should I or shouldn't I. It was an immediate reaction where I was laughing at them, and I said, this isn't even an option. Just take it off the table. And they backed off because there was no way, based on the pain and the scars, that that would ever happen again. But when it happened, one of my mistakes was I was so cocky and arrogant going into that time in 2007, 2008, when it melted down, I had cut loose of mentors. And so I was riding. I was the guy. I was the smartest guy I knew, and I didn't have anybody else that could tell me anything. And I got in a lot of trouble because there was nobody saying, look, your, your shit stinks, and you don't get it, but there's a problem. So I think that happens, and it's one of the most dangerous things that I've seen where people actually are successful with their first thing they do, or they make an investment and it works, and there's no hiccup, and they go, wow, I'm so good. And they may have been really lucky, and then there's nobody else telling them that they're pointing out the pitfalls. So there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of money right now that are wanting to invest or do real estate stuff. And they're anxious because we're in this environment where there's you're getting zero at the bank and they're not feel very good about the equity markets for good reason, I think. So what would you say to someone that's, that's maybe sitting on a million bucks or a couple of million dollars and is trying to figure out what to do? Would you suggest they read a book or is the best thing to say find a world-class mentor that's done it? Like, What would you suggest to someone that has all this money so that they don't just vaporize it and have a really interesting seminar? Well, I will use your friend that you mentioned that had a million and a half dollars that had no experience. I'll use her as an example. And there are really two different areas that she could potentially get involved in the business. One would be, as she said, to become a developer and go out and develop real estate, which without knowledge and experience and history and track record would be a very foolish thing for her to do, in my opinion. If she wants to learn that side of the business, then she does need to get an education. And, you know, one way to get an education is to go out and find a mentor, take some classes, learn about real estate, mentor in the work environment for a developer or a builder or somebody who's in the fix and flip business, which is very popular today, and go out and work and learn in the trenches from them how the business works. And I would combine that with the education that you can get and the advice that you can get from a mentor that has the same kind of education. The other aspect of the business that she could get involved with with a million and a half dollars in cash is to become a private money or hard money lender. And uh, there certainly is a place for that in today's market. There's a lot of money out there right now being lent in the private sector for fix and flips or development loans. That lending has come back. It disappeared for quite some time after the crash of 08. But, you know, with banks being as difficult as they are to deal with today, if you're going to be in the industry, hard money is easy to get. It's quick. It's much quicker to acquire than a bank loan. And it would be an excellent opportunity for her as well if and only if she were to get an education on how to protect her cash before she lends it out to the wrong people. There's a lot of unscrupulous people out there in the industry. You wouldn't want to go out as a novice lender with a million and a half dollars and lend it to either the wrong person or lend it on the wrong project. And as a hard money lender or a private money funder for those kinds of deals, you need to learn how to do your due diligence. You need to learn how to analyze a development project to determine whether or not the project itself 
is worthy of lending on, and two, analyze the borrower and determine whether or not the borrower is also a safe bet. Now, there certainly are risks involved no matter what you do on either side of the coin, but if you don't have the education, the track record, or the background in how to do the research, how to do the due diligence, and you know, have a good gut feeling about who you're dealing with from a moral standpoint, and the ability to or the experience in checking references on people, then you'd be very foolish to get into that side of the business without education either. And the bottom line is everyone in this business, in my opinion, needs a mentor. It just comes down to where are you going to find that mentor and how are you going to choose because there's a lot of options out there today. Well, so when you are choosing a mentor is, I mean, there are a lot of people that have been trained as coaches and trainers, facilitators, and they know the language and they can talk the game. I mean, what's what's the difference between that person that knows how to talk about deals and the person that's gone out there and done the deals and been in the trenches for years and years like you have? You bring up a really good point. I know I've literally crisscrossed the country from the Atlantic to the Pacific, and I've been in many major cities. And I have taught three-day boot camps and one-on-one mentoring for students across the country. And I've met a lot of other people that are in the industry. And the funny thing is, or the sad thing is, is most of the people that are hired to be mentors out there are people that have been taught how to talk the talk, but they really never have walked the walk. And I have found that when you get into in-depth conversations about what mentors or coaches have done in their own life, in their own experience. Many of them out there only have a fraction of the experience that I have or others that I know have, and they're teaching from a teacher's perspective. They're not teaching from someone who's actually been in the trenches and done the work. So you have to be very careful, and you have to question who it is you're thinking about paying your money to when you're hiring a coach or a mentor, because there are people out there, quite frankly, that shouldn't be in the industry. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. And that my thinking is that if anybody that I'm going to pay for financial investing advice, I want to know that person has been live with live ammunition, bullets flying, and maybe they got clipped a couple times and they, they've got some scars and some deep emotional understanding of what it's like to be out there because just preaching how to do something without ever having bled, it doesn't seem that valuable, but the person that's bled, I mean, it's priceless, and it's not going to cost you money. You're going to make money from that type of person. I mean, in my experience, I got into trouble and lost fortunes when I didn't have that person, and I avoided bullets, and I made tons of money when I had those people and I checked my ego. So would you say that's pretty well your experience and what you've seen as well? Oh, there's no doubt. It's funny that having this conversation with you reminds me of a conversation I had with a couple of the uh, private money lenders that I did a lot of business with over the years. I'd borrowed millions of dollars from these guys, and we become friends over the years. We certainly weren't friends when we started doing business. It was all business, but over the years we became good friends. And as you know, I love to play golf. And uh, one of the places where we made many deals was on the golf course. And these guys, although they would lend millions of dollars into transactions, and I paid them a lot of money and interest, for them to lose $2 on a golf course for them was like breaking their arm. And I remember specifically playing golf with them one day. And we were on the 18th hole, and all I had to do was make a putt, and I was going to win. And I think I was going to win $6. 
It was a $6 Nassau. And the two of them started chitter-chattering on the side of the green, and I stepped up to the ball, and I was about to make the putt, and one of them interrupted me and said, wait, 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 we have to ask you a question. And I said, well, can't your question wait? I'm getting ready to putt. And they said, no, we have to ask you the question now. I said, well, what's the question? And they said, do you know how much interest you're paying us every single day? And it took me back because it was about the last thing on my mind. And at the time, I'm sure I had it on a spreadsheet, but I certainly wasn't thinking about it when I was trying to make the putt and take $6 away from these guys. So I said, no, how much? And they told me, you're paying us $1,000 a day in interest right now today. And so I stood over the putt. And of course, I could have made that putt 10 times out of 10, but with that in my mind, I missed the putt and I lost six bucks. So it's funny how the mind works. And it's funny how relationships are built in this industry. But, you know, you really need to get to know somebody over years and years of doing business with them before you build that kind of trust. And uh, I was very fortunate to have that kind of relationship with those guys. Yeah, that resonates with me and the time that it takes. And everybody's in a hurry for things. And there's just no way to build deep trust in a heartbeat. One of the things that comes up when I think about Uh, people trying to rush things or not taking responsibility and being willing to do the work and and spend the time are all the people that threw money at Bernie Madoff. And even though their friends were doing it and people put millions of dollars and they made tons of money for years, they were too lazy to actually look and see what was going on or have someone, even a mentor, that would give them the hard truth about what was going on. And if anyone had looked at his stuff and said, like, as a mentor, I would have looked at his stuff and I would have said, this doesn't even make any sense. And it's not possible what he's doing. But people weren't doing that. And the people that have the million, the million and a half, or even they have $100,000 right now, if they were to have you and your brain and your background on their team, would you say that the likelihood is they're not going to end up losing their kneecaps the next time the market crashes because they're not going to be doing all the stupid stuff that most people are doing? Well, there certainly are no guarantees. I could look at a deal for somebody and be their mentor and walk them down the path of doing proper and uh, thorough due diligence on a transaction and or a borrower. And I certainly could tell them whether or not I felt comfortable uh, in doing that deal as if the money were mine, if I were a lender. However, there certainly are no guarantees. Like the crash of 2008, very few people saw that coming. And even though your intentions are good and your due diligence is thorough and your character evaluation of the borrower is correct, you have a better chance of success of avoiding a pitfall or having a deal go bad, but there certainly are no guarantees. But I would say you are far better off having a qualified mentor or advisor in your corner to help you through these kinds of transactions, especially your first time or your first 10 times into them, than you are to try and go out and wing it yourself without any education. That, in my mind, is financial suicide. I totally agree. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are are playing Russian roulette with their investing and their pursuits, and a lot of them are going to end up crashing and burning because they're not willing to make the decision, which I think is the smartest decision someone can make, is finding a guy like you and saying, okay, I want to have a pro on my team and looking at my stuff and giving me feedback, and I'm willing to do the work, and I'm willing to listen and not tell you that you're wrong because I happen to be excited I think that that's one of the the pieces, too. When you have a mentor, you've got to be willing to be humble and listen to the mentor. Because if you have a mentor, there's no real point if you're not going to listen to the person, right? 
Absolutely. And I've mentored a lot of people that were not novices at their first deal. I've been a consultant all over the country, and I remember specifically getting involved with a very high-profile home builder whose name was very well-known in the industry. And he'd built a beautiful subdivision with a common area pool and clubhouse right in the middle. And um, he went out and he hired a company to put in all of his infrastructure and all of his improvements and build his model homes. And he was about ready to open up his project and a very large Arizona storm came in and an abundance of rainwater fell at all one given time. And I remember he called me panic saying that he needed my help and if I could come out and look at his project. And I said, certainly I can. So I drove out to his project and drove through the gated entry and drove up to the clubhouse. And what I found was that the entire clubhouse and pool were underwater, rainwater, not pool water. And all of his furniture from around the pool was floating around in the now muddy pool. You know, he got involved with the wrong people that put in his infrastructure, and he needed my advice to find out what had gone wrong. And I backtracked his infrastructure to a sewer manhole, and we popped the sewer manhole open, and it was full of water. It was the storm drain sewer. And I said, well, your problem, based on your plans and on your subdivision, appears to be that this connection was never made. And he, like others, had big egos and did not want to accept what I said and actually told me that I was wrong and didn't know what I was talking about. And I asked him, I said, well, if I don't know what I'm talking about, why did you call me to come out here and find your problem? So long story made short, we pumped it all dry. And sure enough, the guys that put in his infrastructure failed to connect the storm sewer from his subdivision to the existing manhole where the connection was supposed to be made. So they dug it up, pumped it up, made the connection, opened up that location, and the entire thing drained out and everything was fine. So it's not just novices that find themselves in a position where they have to deal with problems. Even the most experienced people can put their trust in the wrong people's hands and end up with a disaster that will cost you a small fortune to fix. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) There's always something that you can be wrong about. There's always, it doesn't matter how much you do, there's always something. And I think that that just goes to the point of having somebody else's eyes there that's not emotionally tied into whatever it is you're doing, having someone's outside perspective and all their years of experiences to ask different questions. So if what you're talking about resonates with someone and they did want to reach out to you, how does somebody get a hold of you? Well, they certainly can get a hold of me through Damian Lupo, your email address, or you can reach me at danhelmanrealestate at gmail.com. I'd be happy to take your emails direct. I love talking about real estate. I love talking about development. I do work as a consultant around the country, and I am a coach and a mentor across the country as well. So I would welcome your email if you have any questions for me. That's awesome. I definitely appreciate that. And I would recommend to anybody that that wants someone that's world-class, that isn't just talking a big game that's been there and done that, that Dan is one of the best in the country, um, has a background. And beyond that, the thing that I like about Dan and the reason that Dan's on this call and we're doing this interview is because he's somebody that's, that can be trusted and he's somebody of integrity. And your reputation precedes you with that. When people talk about you and you're not there, that's what they're saying about you. And so anybody that's looking for someone to mentor them, to guide them, that is a primary thing you want. You don't want someone that just happens to know a lot. You want to know that somebody's got integrity and they're honest. And, and that I can say without a doubt that I would base my reputation 
on that claim for you because that's who you are. So I'm glad you're that way. I appreciate that you are who you are and anyone that has the opportunity to work with you is a blessing that they have that. So I just wanted to share that with people and let you know that's how I feel about you in case you didn't already know that. Well, I did. and I always appreciate hearing that from you. You know, at the end of the day, all you have is your integrity. And at the end of the day, all you're left with is your reputation. I feel very fortunate that I've had a long career, much of it successful. I certainly don't want to sit here and be boastful and have people think that, uh, you know, my career is full of successes and certainly no losses because without pain in this industry, you certainly don't learn your lessons. And it is really through your mistakes that you learn to be better in the industry. So I've always tried to hold my head up high. I've always tried to be someone who was honest and faithful with those that I'm in business with. And through that, we've had some very big successes in this industry, some that I'm very proud of. And I'm at a point in my career now where I'm getting as much enjoyment out of helping others get into this industry or progress beyond where they are in this industry to the next level. And I have found that I take a great deal of pride in helping and teaching others. So it's been a lot of fun and I'm going to continue to do it. Well, that's very fortunate for the people that you're you're able to mentor and teach that they have you willing to do that. And I just want to give you a chance to share anything else we might have missed or you just think would be helpful for people that are listening. Is there anything that you want to throw in there before we kind of wrap up here? Well, the business has been great to me. I love real estate. I love development. I love building. To me, it's very much like artwork, developing real estate. Um, it just happens to be a medium. Some people are great painters and some people are sculptors. For me, my medium has been land, and I've been able to build many subdivisions over the years, and I can drive by them with pride, and I see pride of ownership of people taking care of homes when I drive through their, their neighborhoods, and they have no idea who I am or that I you know, created it all from a blank canvas many years before. There's a lot of pride in being able to do that over and over again. I would uh, let you know that if you want to get into the industry, there's a, a lot of joy to be had, but you have to be very careful. And I would just advise anyone that wants to get into the business, go out, get educated, learn from the best, from those that have been successful. Um, there is no one guru. There is no one person. There is no one get-rich-quick scheme out there. It just takes a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of education, and learn from everyone that you can in the industry. Don't just put your all your eggs in one basket and rely on any one person. There are a lot of books out there from a lot of really intelligent people. There's a lot of seminars and webinars that you can get involved in, not necessarily to learn everything there is to about, know about the industry, but every time you learn something, you put that in your bag of tricks, and you never know when you're going to remember that and utilize it later. So for those of you that are listening to this interview, I thank you for taking the time. And uh, if I can ever be of any help to you, please reach out to me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for taking the time to share your background and your advice and, and yourself with everybody and with me. And you're awesome, man. I really appreciate you. Always happy to talk to you, Damon. It's been a long time. Likewise. All right. And we will wrap there. We'll see you guys again real soon. Thanks again to Dan Hellman. And everybody have a great night.